All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. I'm here in St. Joe this morning. Uh, I think RL, he's in, he, or he's in Tallulah today. I I'm think, in Tallulah today. Well, you know, he's, 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 you're always in Tallulah. So, anyway. No, last time I was in Lake Providence. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> and Kylie's in Concordia. I see. She, we're all, we're all looking at each other on Zoom. We've got to where we do these. Where we're all in different places, we do them on, through Zoom on our computer, so we get to look at each other and kind of keep up with it. It's more like a conversation. Let's get into it this morning. First thing, how much rain did you get, R.L.? Oh, it looks like just looking on climate, viewing around in places, about a half to three quarters. Yeah, I, we, I don't think we got that much in Tinsa. I think we about a quarter of an inch, probably. What'd you get, Kylie? Uh, we had a, like half inch. Yeah. It rained a little bit too this morning as I was coming to work. We were getting a little bit more rain, um, but um, I'd say about a half inch. Yeah, it, it didn't <laughs> made matter. Made everything right back fully wet. So yeah, it's. Um, I, I passed a field this morning. Well, not not long ago, I was looking at some stuff and drove up by a field and um, got water standing in the middles. And I thought, boy, that's a lot of water for two tents. But I don't guess it. And when it's already wet, it just. When it's not wet, they can't go anywhere. Yeah, fully saturated. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. It's so there's no any corn. We had a little corn planted in Tensile. Not, not a lot. Just enough to make people think that, yeah, I planted some corn. What (laughs) about y'all, Kylie? Just a little. Yeah, not much. Not much at all. But I guess getting planters set, making sure everything's running right, kind of stuff. But yeah. All right, what about really you? I heard rumors, but I hadn't been able to confirm any of them yet. I guess Will's sitting there on go, isn't he? He's ready. Yeah, he's ready <laughs> to go whenever whenever it dries up. But uh, from the future forecast predictions, I don't know that anybody's going to be, at least we're not anyway, just ready, jumping up and down, ready to go at it anyway. So. Yeah. Well, I think for us, the uh, I think Dr. Dan Frommy put out, April the 6th is kind of the cutoff. We start losing yield after that for corn. So, I mean, we yeah, got April 1, April 6, something like that. Yeah. It's, uh, we got a little time, but uh, it's and like you say, the forecast I saw was rain all the way through next week. So, starting again Thursday or Friday. So, yeah. So, we're pushing toward that April 6, but we're going to have to plant some corn. People got probably booked some, so we're going to have to plant some. Right. I've seen a lot of it being treated at the, dealers so some of them get planted mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah well we can plant a lot if it ever dries up we can plant a lot in a, in a very few days yes uh, let's talk about one thing uh kylie's got an interview with dr daniel stevenson our weed uh extension specialist i went and found him he's supposed to be coming to tensile he's supposed to come yesterday but didn't make it and, and it's wet now so i don't know when he'll come but he had a trial here in tensile looking at uh resistant glyphosate resistant mare's tail it's going to be in front of cotton it's a small field next to the lake. Hadn't been burned down yet. And uh, he's going to put out some treatments on it. But it's it's got a lot of mare's tail. And uh, and we know from last year it's it's glyphosate resistant. So it's uh, sometime this week maybe he'll mud it in. I guess the only thing he can do is walk it on and mud it in. So, I mean, I, I think I'll just sit on the highway and watch him. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like a plan. Huh? <laughs> Sounds like me this morning. I thought about checking some soil temperatures just to see how close we may be. Mm-hmm. But everywhere I looked at stopping, it was water standing in the middle. I said, no, nah, we'll wait. Yeah, I mean, it's 
<clears throat> till, till it dries out enough, you can walk out in, in a field. I mean, nothing you can do. So. Nothing you can do. All right. Do we want to go ahead and get to Kylie's interview? Yeah, let's go ahead and see what Daniel's got to tell us. Kylie Miller here with the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, and today I've got Dr. Daniel Stevenson with me, and uh, we're going to just let you talk and let you tell us about what we need to be thinking about right now. Um, burn down's already out. Um, everybody's getting ready to plant corn. Um, what do we need to be doing? Well, Kylie, I appreciate you having me on, first mm-hmm. off. Um, she's right. A lot of burn down is going out. There's some places I haven't, but um, for the most part, I just want to speak for just a few seconds on burn down. Um, considering the weather conditions that we've had this year, I am mm-hmm. quite pleased with how well the the guys have done burning down. I mean, we've we've had some misses, but not too many. So I'm I'm really tickled considering where we were um, three weeks ago and what I saw. I'm, I'm really pleased. So we'll move on from there. Moving into corn right now, based off you know Dr. Dan Fromby's data we're in a sweet spot for planting corn we're not hurting right now i know it's raining outside today um and i know some corn has been planted we've there's been some concordia already in the ground not much but yep i've heard it in the ravel area Mm -hmm. as well and and that's that's great as long as we don't get another cold snap yeah um so that'll let me we'll go down that road first if you planted corn and for some reason you have a failed corn stand um I'm not going to spend the time to really go over it now, but there's options such as, you know, a, a germinicide, clethodem, or select, or um, some paraquat options. But if, if you get in that situation where you have a, a corn, corn stand, you know, call Kylie, call RL, call Dennis if you listen to this, or if you're another parish, call your agent, and we'll get with you and get a plan. Um, but there is things we can do. Mm-hmm. So, but moving back into the first corn crop, um, yeah, we burned down and things look dead. But one thing that we've got to remember about corn is it is extremely sensitive to physical competition when it's emerging. I mean, that, that corn crop, our corn plant is actually already, quote unquote, thinking about what it's going to yield at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So any kind of physical competition. So we may be dead, but if you're planting, you know, say into a stale seed bed with all those weeds, you need to make sure they're dead and kind of clear it out of the way and give them time to rot mm-hmm. because you know, any kind of problem. So I want the listeners and I want you to envision um, just a straight row of corn in your mind's eye. You're standing at the edge of a cornfield and you're watching it run away from you. So perpendicular to you. Right, to you. okay. And the leaves will orient perpendicular to the row. Mm-hmm. That's what they're supposed to do. Any kind of physical competition, when that corn is spiking, it will orient itself away from it. So it could orient to where the corn leaves of the two successive plants are crossing. I don't guess I've ever realized that. Then they're competing for sunlight. I got you. And okay. And reducing, potentially reducing yield. Interesting. So that's how I'm I mean, that's exactly what happens, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So if you drag any row... Great. Mm-hmm. That's going to look good, be easy. Um, if you're planting stale seed bed, just make sure everything's good and dead. And mm-hmm. if it's not, I know it's another expense, gramoxone. Mm-hmm. Um, well, paraquat, actually, because there's some three pounds out there. So, you know, when you think of, we all think of gramoxone as a two pound. So, you know, a quarter gramoxone with a pint of atrazine mm-hmm. really, really goes a long way to clean things up there mm-hmm. just to get everything fried. Right. So, 
our corn's up, our corn's growing. If you plant now, between now, let's say March 20th, all right, you got a choice. You can put your herbicides out behind the planter, or you can put your herbicides out post-emergence, you know, anywhere from 6 to 12-inch corn. The data shows there's no difference okay. when you do it. Um, the main reason is summer annual weeds historically emerged within plus or minus five days of April 15th. So in a normal planted crop, if you'll think back historically around April 10th, let's just take the 10th, okay. what's going on with that corn crop? It's about six to 12, six to eight inches tall, maybe sometimes 12 early planted corn. The guys are thinking about fertilizing. They're thinking about spraying the herbicide. Mm-hmm. Well, if the weeds have emerged, they're T90, which is the perfect time for us to target it. Right. You put that herbicide out, mm-hmm. you wax them, fertilize the corn, it takes off, and you're essentially done. Mm-hmm. The question that I get is, what about late season? You know, well, I've got, uh, I always have grass growing between my rows, or I have this growing between my rows. My question is, are you talking July, right? And I say, yeah. There's nothing we can spray in March or early April that's going to last to July. It's just not. It's just not. Now, there's some things we can talk about. Um, you know, something with Amizotron, which is sold as Calisto. It's in Halix GT, it's in Lexar, it's in Round Q, it's in a lot of some other products that offer you some residual late into the year. But if you're planting a cover crop, following corn, you got to think about what you're spraying now to affect your cover. Because mm-hmm. something like Mesotron, which is in Halix GT and Lexor, I named those others, mm-hmm. that could adversely affect your cover crop that you plant in the fall. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, there's a lot to think about now, which brings me back to what you choose right now. And we're we're now before May 20th, March 20th, I'm sorry, planning. All my data. And I've sprayed the high dollar treatments, and I'm not going to name them out yeah. by name, mm-hmm. but the ones that are more expensive mm-hmm. versus a basic glyphosate, atrazine, and esmetolachlor. I have not seen a difference between those a month after application. So if the application occurs April 10th, May 10th, there's no difference in weed control. And I've told companies that, and they scoff at me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> But I want the growers and the listeners mm-hmm. to think about what does that corn look like May 10th? Mm-hmm. You fertilized it, normal growing conditions now. That corn shoulder to head high, completely shading the ground. No weed emerging at that moment mm-hmm. is going to influence the yield of that corn. That's already occurred early mm-hmm. in the season. Mm-hmm. So why spend all that money on those higher dollar treatments? Uh, yes, if you've got a morning glory problem and you know you have a morning glory problem, something with mesotrone is a good answer from a residual standpoint that can help you down mm-hmm. the road. But just in a normal weed spectrum, you don't have to spend all that money. Yeah, really. and I'm glad you're talking about that because, I mean, corn price is where they're at. It's exactly scary. right. I mean, we've got to find a way. You know? the, the only caveat, not really a caveat to that, but the addition I'll add on is... You're still going to have to spend money in the long run, and here's mm-hmm. why. I want, the grow, I want the listeners, and I want you to think about, corn's harvest, second week of August. If they do nothing in that field, what does that field look like September 1? <laughs> I mean, it's brown. It's 
So growing Grow, up, is growing up. Wheat, yeah. wheat, producing wheat seed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now we're thinking about an investment in the future. Mm-hmm. Is that grower willing to invest in the future? And that's where we do something to prevent weed seed production. Mm-hmm. Palmer amaranth, and it is in this state, from that time of the year, from germination until it has viable seed, is approximately one month. Mm-hmm. So let's do something once a month, whether you mow it, whether you till it, or whether you spray it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you save your spray until a little bit later. Yeah, we're mostly doing groundwork and, yeah. you know. Thinking about cutting soybeans, right, thinking yeah. about picking cotton, right. getting everything ready. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then that's an expense that a grower doesn't want to spend. Mm-hmm. And if he or she is farming from year to year, I'm, my dad is a farmer, I understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if it's your land that you own. Yeah. Think about doing that, mm-hmm. you know, that expense, you know, whether you mow it or whether you, you know, get your rows ready for next year. Any kind of destructive tillage or mowing is going to stop seed production and use a herbicide maybe yeah. later yeah. to do it. So it's something I hope our growers will consider. Mm-hmm. So when you think about corn weed control, we're taking front and the back end. Be burned down. Make sure everything's completely dead. All right. We're looking good right now. Mm-hmm. Get that corn crop up and growing. If it's before March 20th, and we'll come back to after March 20th in a minute, doesn't matter whether you go pre or post, mm-hmm. and it's going to be an atrazine, asmatolachlor world. Now, there is Zizua, which is pyroxysulfone, and there's some others that are equal to asmatolachlor, but they're generally more expensive. So whether you're pre or post, and don't go expensive, and then be thinking about post-harvest. Now... Let's say we stay wet, and it becomes March 20th. It becomes March 24th. Right, right. It becomes March 31st. And that's happened. Mm-hmm. That's where our growers have got to consider a two-pass system. Okay. Now we're talking money. Now we're talking atrazine dual behind the planter, true pre-emerge, mm-hmm. and then a post-emerge application, 8 to 12-inch corn. Mm-hmm. Because that corn is going to be emerging and very young, when those summer annual weeds are coming up, the tea weeds, the morning glories, the pig weeds, the copper leaf, the, the barnyard grass, or probably signal grass, the crab grass, they're all going to be coming up with the corn. They're competing. Mm-hmm. That's where we got to protect that corn crop. Then it becomes like farming soybeans or cotton. Mm-hmm. we got to protect that baby plant emerging. Our planting date protects it as long as we burn down when we plant early. If we move late, it's got to be. A, it's, you need to be a two-pass, which is what our neighbors in the north do, because really nobody plants as early as we do. I mean, they do in you know some parts of Mississippi, right, Alabama, right, southern but, Georgia, yeah. but here in the mid south, mm-hmm. um, Arkansas doesn't plant as early as we do. Mm-hmm. And further north, and they, all they talk about is two-pass. Okay. So that's something to consider. Mm-hmm. What about the ryegrass problem? Um, have you been seeing a lot of that out as you're riding around? And if you have, what do we need to be thinking about trying to take care of that? If you've got ryegrass right now, yeah, your best friend is Paraquat. Yeah. That's your only option. Um, my advice is anywhere from a half to three quarters of a pound. Well, no more three quarters of a pound to a full pound of Paraquat, which works out to be 48 to 64 ounces of Carboxone. Mm-hmm. With a pint of atrazine. Mm-hmm. And water is your best friend. 15 gallons of water. Fry okay. it. That's mm-hmm. the only thing you've got now. Mm-hmm. It's a 30-day rotation interval to select. Um, so you're kind of out of luck on yeah. that one because we're well within that range. So, But yep. 
here's what I want growers to think about. Mm -hmm. The chances of you having ryegrass that's green wall to wall on that field is very slim. I want them to think about putting Gramoxone in a pump-up sprayer and taking her side-by-side or their four-wheeler mm -hmm. going out there and soaking that plant. Mm -hmm. Just go around those spots and soak them. Yeah, because you can't right. pull it up. I've been, I've tried. That's it's right. hard. That's right. <laughs> if you hold it, it's really it's hard. hard. you got to have, you know, really good. It's impossible. So soak it mm -hmm. and kill it. Yeah. That's something for them to, to really, really consider. Yeah. And I've, I've seen a little bit of it. It seems like some people are getting better at it. Um, and then some are just, it's getting really taken over. So, I mean, oh, yeah. it's, you know, personal to, I guess, the land. But um, I, I think I, I may have talked to, to Dennis about it in, in the past on another podcast or maybe in that YouTube that we did. But ryegrass, people, the best thing to control is in the fall. Mm -hmm. Growers don't want to do that. NRCS is giving payments out for cover crops or wanting the covers up. So, okay, we're not doing that. So the next step is select. But that needs to be in January. Right. When it's small. And if you don't want to play a pay airplane and you can't that's get right. out there, I mean, it's, it's expensive. That's right. And then you step into the Garoxone third. So it's best, okay, and, well, I ain't got no other choice. Yeah. That's kind of what it works out to be. And yeah. I mean, that's data. Mississippi State, Jason Bond, and those derive mm -hmm. that data. They had the problem first, and it's solid data, and that's what that's what we preach mm -hmm. is what their program is, and it works. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, well, let's talk about soybeans. Um, you know, I know in Concordia Parish we plant a lot of soybeans when we're planting corn, so um, you know they're they're aggressive over here. <laughs> uh, what do we need to be thinking about as far as weed control is? Um, if you plant soybeans that early. Mm -hmm. uh, you're kind of planting, I mean, there, there's no March, there may be some March soybeans, late March, somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, soybeans, you've got to protect early. Yeah. Um, regardless of when you plant them and, and maturity group that you plant, if you protect those soybeans for the first five weeks from weed competition, you're going to maximize yield. Mm -hmm. And how you do that is a residual herbicide behind the planter. Mm -hmm with a residual in your first non-selective application, non-selective being Roundup or Liberty or whatever. Okay. Um, in your post, Round V3, V4. Now the choice of pre depends on the weed spectrum. There's a lot of things that control a pigweed, but not everything controls the morning glory. There's a lot of things that control a pigweed. Not everything controls grass. So knowing what your weed spectrum is. Yeah. The days of taking one herbicide and blanketing the farm should be over. You should know what you've got. And then these herbicides you choose, you got the next thing I think about, am I going to plant a cover crop? Right. If you are, that can really dictate yeah, what you Yeah, you've use. got to be thinking all year long on what you're going to be That's doing. That's right. So. Because that choice, mm -hmm. and you... You may say, well, I'm going to plant a cover crop and I'm going to use herbicide Y. Well, herbicide Y may not be very good on your spectrum, mm -hmm. but the other ones that are good on your weed spectrum may hurt your cover. So we got to balance that. And really, that's where you just call your agent, and I'm sure they know what to do. And if not, then they can call me and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we'll just finish up with cotton, um, you know. Same as soybeans. Same protect soybeans. it early. Okay. Cotton really even more. You know, soybeans, it could be a two-pass program, mm -hmm. pre followed by early post mm -hmm. um, V3, V4 application. Cotton is three. Okay. Pre-emerge herbicide, 
then your first non-selective. And when I mean non-selective, guys, it, I mean, it could be Roundup Dicamba, Roundup 24D, it could be Roundup by itself, it could be Liberty. You need uh, residual herbicide. And generally, the only two that are available in cotton are Esmetolachlor, which is originally sold as dual magnum, or Warrant. Mm-hmm. Those two in the tank with that non-selective. That's two to three leaf cotton. About eight leaf cotton, do it again. Um, and then do not forget laying by. A lot of those young bucks probably never even used the lay-by rig. I'm fortunate enough that I have. <laughs> um, if you don't know how to use one but you need one, I'm sure there's a, a, somebody who knows how to use one. They are awesome. Yeah. You I didn't see. realize that the people didn't. I mean, I've been out of the cotton game, I guess, for a while since Will's been corn and soybeans, but I didn't realize people well, they, didn't. You know, uh, one of those big high boys, yeah, yeah. foot boom. Oh, it does a lot faster. Blanket, yeah. That's right. <laughs> An eight row lay by rig. Yeah. But when we get into lay by, we've got some. They still call it lay by, though. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Laying by. Yeah. But their lay by is that eight leaf application okay. of a non selective. That's the way they think. Well, I'm laying my cotton. Yeah, by. yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, they leave cotton spraying over the top. Okay. They're not laying underneath. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, back in my cotton chicken days, that was what, we, that's what it was. Yeah. So we haven't grown cotton, well, since corn prices got good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now cotton prices are now bad. Back. Corn prices yeah, aren't good. It all. Bean prices aren't that great. It's not yeah. fun anymore. Mm-mm. No. But, uh, but yeah, but we appreciate you being on the show today, and I'm always happy to have you here. And um, if you got anything else, you know. Nope, nope. I, I appreciate what you guys do, mm-hmm. and I hope uh, I hope folks are listening. Yeah. And if you're listening to this, tell your buddies to listen to it because it's a great podcast. <laughs> well, thank you, Daniel. We'll be glad to have you on anytime. All right, thanks. Thank you. That was good. Daniel's Another always good, good. Another good one. Daniel's always good for a update and very knowledgeable about what he's talking about. Yeah, and, passion about it too. Well, and, and Kylie's getting real good at these interviews, you know. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but definitely mm-hmm. could use some some uh, some mentorship in that department for sure. I guess. <laughs> Next thing we know, we're going to be lost to one of the big networks. No thanks. Yeah, I yeah. don't think you know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I'm in any jeopardy of uh, moving up the chain on that that front. Uh, RFD TV, here she comes. I'll let our local girl Tammy Arner take care of all that. She's up there and she's I see her tweeting she's stuff. In Fort Worth. Yeah, she's all around, so seems to be doing well. <clears throat> okay, I got a question of the day. All right. You know, we kind of did question of the day last year. We ran out of questions. Well, I got one this morning. And Ariel, you had some experience with it. And Kyle, you can weigh in on it what you think. Man wants to plant conventional corn. He doesn't have a market for it. Because I asked that. He doesn't have any kind of contract. He doesn't have grain bins. I mean, he just, he's, he's, the seed cost is a large thing. Mainly and, seed uh, cost, okay. Seed cost a I large wouldn't thing. plant it. Do what? I wouldn't take the risk. If you don't have a, you don't have a premium market to go with it. No, he doesn't. Back up and just use Roundup Ready corn without all the other stacks in it. Uh, well, that was kind of my thought. I was concerned about Roundup drift and just Roundup inversions and getting on it and wouldn't take a whole lot to knock it back. No. What do you think, Kylie? I mean, it's a risk. You always got to do your, you know, risk versus reward. But if it were me, I, I wouldn't be interested. But <laughs> like without a market or a way to get a premium for it, uh, you know, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. that's Not around right. here anyway. There's yeah, just too much 
Roundup and well, that's kind of that's kind of what just I floating in the air everywhere. It's kind of what I told him, and uh, I think it's. Uh, I mean, he's he's still studying on it and doing some figures, but uh, I mean, it was, and I understand it was seventy something dollars an acre difference in seed cost, and the well, yield is pretty comparable. So yeah, when we planted a lot of the conventional up this way, our yields were comparable to everybody else's, but we also had a premium market too and a place to hold it. Oh well, well that was our question of the day, so we kind of all agree that Roundup just plant a plain Roundup ready be his best. Yeah, if you're trying to save some seed costs and benefit your neighbors because you're planting a refuge farm. Well, that's true too. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, you'd have a 40, 50, 100 acre refuge field. There you go. Maybe you can get some money out of them. I'll have to tell him. <laughs> Try <Yeah. laughs> You know, hey, we're selling carbon credits. Yeah. How many acres is he wanting to plant? He works full time and farms some on the side. So gotcha. it'd be less than 200 acres. Gotcha. And it's dry land. I'm trying to steer him that away. So. I definitely would. Tell him to call me if he don't believe it. I can tell him some horror stories. All right. Well, good deal. Now we've solved the question of the day. Let's uh, <laughs> let's move on. Any uh, any upcoming events, Kylie? Uh, we just have Wheat Note Field Day on the 23rd of April. Um, and that'll be at Bacon Ridge Research Station there in Winsboro. Um, I assume we'll get started at about 9 o'clock. Okay. And We're I think... we try to... Yeah, go ahead. Live stream it again. Try to make it a virtual field day, at least parts of it. Well, good. Well, we'll have, uh, <clears throat> I will give you an update. I, we had taped, I taped some of the talks with, the, with our video camera and RL. We did some live and we're working on getting those put on our YouTube channel. So you'll be able to tune in and at least see them. Uh, and we'll try and do the same thing with Wheat Note Field Day. Y'all just be patient with us. It's a work in progress. Work in progress. And if you watch any of the YouTube videos on this first one, yeah, it was, we got to take into account, it was raining on and off. We were in and out, moving around a lot, and it was real windy. So, but anytime you're filming outside, that's part of it. But the information is good. You just got to listen a little harder. It, and it was cold. It was cold. It was real cold. That, well, we that's the coldest that I've been this winter. It was, that wind was cutting. And when we, when we got toward the end, that last stop, I heard somebody say, it was time to go. <laughs> they weren't lying. <laughs> it's time to go. We got to go. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, One last always. plug to remind everybody to follow our Twitter page to keep up with other updates. Um, isn't it Louisiana Delta Crop Report? Yep. That's the Twitter handle. Yep. So be and, sure to uh, check us out there and find out what oh, we're doing. Also, we are now on Spotify along with Apple Podcast. I haven't tuned in to see. It's on there. I did. She said. Okay. Cameron sent me the link and I clicked on it and listened to it. Yeah. I mean, it's theirs. We need to send out something email. She's working on getting us on some others too. So, uh, yeah. So we're broadening our horizons and we have a new logo. She's been working hard. Anything else we got? Send us your comments. Y'all. Email us a question of the day if you've got one. Appreciate everyone listening. Good a thumbs up or something. Let us know we're doing good. Yes. And we'll uh, we'll try and keep y'all when we send send. When the videos come up, we'll post them on Twitter. I'll link to them on Twitter so y'all can go look at them. All right, then. Well, we'll see y'all next week. Next week, then. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local extension office.